Guys, this year has been a trip. Roads. Um, that was just just a little bit of, of what we've experienced uh, throughout this year. It is a it's been a tough year. At the same time, it's been an amazing year. And um, what we want to do this morning is we just want to do a, a kind of a summary of what we've covered this year. Maybe share a little bit of these crazy experiences that we that we went through this year. But our thing for the year, we started with the first Sunday back in January, was moving forward in faith. Moving forward in faith. It's all about spiritual growth. And the majority of our messages this year has been about what we can do to make sure that we grow, that we move forward in our faith. Back in January with the series that we started, our theme passage was out of Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, where Paul was writing there, and he goes, not that I've already attained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Uh, I'm so glad you used that word straining there, Joe. Because this year has been a strain, okay, to say the least. It has been a strain for all of us. We've had to learn to do everything different this year. Um, some of you have, have had the coronavirus. Others of you have had people close to you have the coronavirus. All of us have probably been affected one way or another um, economically uh, because of the coronavirus. It has been a struggle this year. But what we have tried to do as a church and encourage you as individuals, and I feel like many of you, if not all of you have, is to press on, to keep moving forward, regardless of what comes. Forget about what's behind us, okay? Let's move forward. Let's press on toward that goal. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. That brings us to another verse that we looked at this year. was Hebrews 12, too. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Doesn't it seem odd that that is worded that way? For the joy set before him endured the cross. I mean, we can't... When you think of the cross, you don't think of joy. But it's the joy that came as a result of that that gave Jesus the strength to be able to endure the cross and is now, you know, set at the right hand of the throne of God. So through this all, we try to emphasize keeping our eyes on Jesus, not on the pandemic, not on the situation around us, not on sickness, not on pain, not on the economy, not on the politics, but on Jesus. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Because when we look at all this other stuff, that's when our, our problems get worse. You remember the story with Peter when Jesus uh, came walking on the water? None of the apostles believed it was Jesus. And they all just kind of stayed back in the boat, all frightened and, and just full of fear. And Peter's the only one that steps up and says, Jesus, if it's really you, have me come out there with you. And Jesus just calmly says, come. <laughs> I'll call your bluff, Peter. Come on out, buddy. And so Peter walks on the water. He's, he's looking at Jesus, and he's walking on the water for a few steps. And then all of a sudden, he's thinking, 
Now, there's a storm going on here. And I'm on top of the water. And at that, that point, he begins to sink. And Jesus reaches out and saves him. Now, notice the illustration there. As long as Peter had his eyes on Jesus, he was fine. He was walking on the water. It's when he noticed the trouble around him that he began to sink. And I believe the same is true for us. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, we will stay afloat. But it's when we, we focus on all these other things, all the problems, all the situations, all the trouble that's a, uh, that has arisen out of all this. And I'm not saying we can ignore all that. Please don't misunderstand me. We have to think about those things, but we don't need to focus on those things. Our focus needs to be on Jesus. Whether we're going through a pandemic or not, no matter what our situation. And you know, I mean, you've heard me say this before. We're either going through something, getting ready to go through something, or we just went through something. That's true for everyone, especially this year. But any year, any year of your life, that's true. You're either going through something, you just went through something, or you're getting ready to go through something. And whatever situation you're in, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we will stay afloat. If we want to move forward in our faith, we can't focus on all these other things. We focus on Jesus. And then uh, and one more passage I want to share, and then uh, Joe's going to speak a little bit. Um, this other one was out of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. We, we looked at this several times this year. And it says, uh, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, as you move forward in faith, that's only going to happen if we are continually being renewed in our mind, learning new things about God, studying His Word, listening to messages and the lessons, and, and, and our, our thinking changes as we go through that process. Because if you're the same person at 40 years old as you were at 20 years old, you've wasted 20 years of your life. Okay? It always gets me when, when you hear these people say, well, I'm the same person I've always been. Why? Why would you not want to grow? John Maxwell talks about a, a curse. You know, some, uh, some tribe in Africa, but there's this curse that they put on people, and, and the curse is this. May you remain in the same place forever. And when you say, I'm the same person I've always been, that's what you're saying. I'm I haven't changed, I haven't grown. I'm still just a little baby. That's what we're saying when we say that. I hope to God that I am not the same person 20 years from now as I am right now. I want to be different. I want to become more like Jesus. And I can't do that unless I continue to grow and renewing my mind and think differently. I don't want to be molded into the pattern of this world. You know, sometimes we got to come to the situation where, in, in, in a few weeks, um, in our in our new series, uh, Joe's going to be covering this very subject. But uh, sometimes we got to come to the realization: is if it doesn't make sense, it just might be a God thing. Just might be a God. 
And so we gotta, we gotta continually renew our minds. What say you, Joe? Well, I'm glad you quoted Romans there because what's what's interesting is not only have we been blessed with this service and been able to continue it virtually when doors were, were shut down, but in addition to that, we've been able to continue our small groups, which are so important. And talking about Romans every Saturday, every other Saturday, Mark Wiesner has hosted Revealing Romans Bible Study. And one of the things that I've seen, and this has been an incredible blessing, is that during this pandemic, this incredible congregation that we have here has seemed to grow closer together. And, and utilizing Zoom and BeLive and the different technologies, we've continued our small groups and our, and our prayer meetings and so forth. The other thing that I've noticed, which is amazing, in doing these virtual services, um, when we weren't meeting together here, it was interesting because Tommy and Tammy and Ali and myself were conducting the service uh, looking at our webcams and, and our laptops. But one of the things that we noticed that was incredible was that the congregation was communicating with each other, praying for each other, greeting each other. Michael, you were awesome. And greeting everyone. Please clap. I love everyone. And Chris Petrola, my brother, the way you've inspired people with not only what you've said online and your postings and the beautiful photography, I mean, each and every day, our congregation can see that. And even what we've done with Tojo Live, where every Wednesday at 6 p.m., Tommy, and through Tammy's uh, expertise, Tommy, will, Tommy and I will get online, and, and so many of our brothers and sisters will come on. It's just been incredible. And the other thing, while there's maybe 15 or 20 of us in, in the church right now, because of uh, the limitations and the regulations that, that we have, the congregation has grown tremendously. We've had upwards of 4,000 people watching our service each week online. Not all at the same time, but it's amazing. And through that extension, through the love that the congregation and community has shared with each other, we've been able to not only sustain the church, but grow. And for that, it is an amazing blessing that we could just look to each other and say, God has blessed us. Absolutely. Yeah. Matter of fact, we have had um, this year, through this pandemic, we have had seven baptisms this year. Two of, two of those are in here with us. Still got what month and a half to go. We may we may get some more before the year. Double digits. There you go. Awesome. Hey, one of the things that we talked about early on uh, about moving forward in faith and about spiritual growth. There's a lot of different things that that we could do or different um, practices that we could experience in order to help us grow. There's really no limitation to that. Different things help different people in different ways. Some people love being out in nature, just worshiping God when they're when they're out in, in nature. Some people don't like being out in nature. They rather be inside. And so being out in nature is not, not necessarily an experience. But I believe there are there are four foundational practices that every person must do if they're going to move forward in faith, if they're going to grow. And we used this, uh, this image earlier in the year. It's called the Disciples' Cross. And as you see, it's got Christ in the center of it because everything has to be Christ-centered. 
But we looked at those foundational four that, that everyone, if you want to move forward in faith, it needs to be a part of your life. And you notice on the bottom leg there is, is the word, work, referring to the Bible. We're going to talk a little bit more about that here a little later. But if you want to grow in your faith, you've got to hear God speak to you. And you know the primary way we hear God speak to us? By reading the Bible. When we read the Bible, we're not just reading words on a page. We are literally hearing the voice of God speak to us. So I would encourage you at least every day to read your Bible, even if it's just one verse. You know, if you can read more, do it. You know, the more the better. But at least one verse every day. I mean, the longest verse in the Bible you could read in less than 30 seconds. And so it doesn't take that much time. And if you're looking just for ways to get started with that, let me give three suggestions. One's, you know, we kind of progressed. But one, just pick a book. In the Bible, because the Bible is not just one book, it's actually 66 books. Pick a book in the Bible and just begin to read it from, from the beginning to the end. You know, if you read a verse today, great. You read a chapter today, great. You read more than that, great. And I'll tell you a great book to start with. If you're just, if you're just wondering where do I start, um, I would encourage you to start with the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark. It's the shortest gospel, it gives a great introduction to who Jesus is. It's a short book. If you wanted to read it straight through, you could do it in less than an hour. Um, but if you wanted to read it over the course of several days and weeks, you could do that too. So I just encourage you to pick a book, mark, or another book, and just read through it. Secondly, we have back here on the table always available what uh, are these devotions. They're called Upper Room Devotions. And I know Marion loves them. If, if we forget to put them out, Marion reminds us, hey, where are the Upper Rooms? Because, and, and she shares them online and everything, and because they're amazing things, and they have a verse of scripture, a passage of scripture right at the top, and then they have like a short devotion. Very short, they're, they're small pages, and each devotion is just one page. Each book covers a two-month period, and then we put out new ones for the next, next two months. A great way to just start getting in the habit of reading God's Word. And then the third one is kind of a step up from that. Is is I would encourage you to get involved in one of the small groups if you're not already that, that Joe mentioned earlier. Just get plugged in uh, to one of those, and it will help you get the, the Word of God into your mind and into your heart. You see the top um, leg of that, it says prayer. The Bible is the primary way that God talks to us. The primary way we talk to God is through prayer. If you're going to grow in a relationship, you have to have communication. And in our, in our spiritual relationship with God, that means we've got to be reading the Bible and we've got to be praying. That's how we communicate with God. And listen, your prayers don't have to be fancy. You don't have to say, bow and arm and blessed and, and all these big fancy words. If that helps you, if that makes you feel like you have a stronger spiritual connection, then use them. But if it doesn't, don't use them. Just talk to God like he's a friend, because that's exactly what he is. He's your friend. Uh, one arm of the cross, you see the word giving. God is the ultimate giver. He gave his one and only son for us, so that through him we can have eternal life. You can't outgive God. But 
in order to develop those godly characteristics in ourselves, giving is one of those things we must do. Now, I don't say that as a reprimand to this congregation, because let me just say, you guys have been superstars in your giving through this pandemic. It has been absolutely awesome. I have heard stories of churches that have had to cut their budget by 50% or more through this pandemic. Some churches have closed, and I don't mean they closed their doors so that they could have church online. I mean, the church doesn't exist anymore because of the financial strength that came about during the pandemic. And let me just say that the giving here at Glen Cove Christian Church has, re has remained steady through this, and there have even been a few months during the pandemic that it was actually higher than it was before him. And you know what that says to me? It doesn't say to me, hey, there's job security. That's not what it says to me. What it's, it doesn't say to me, oh, there's people that want to make sure we keep the lights on. And, and this is what it says to me. It says to me that we've got people in this congregation that are intentional about moving forward in their faith. That's what it says to me. And that is an encouragement. To me, it's an encouragement to Joe and all the leadership. And let me just tell you, it's an encouragement to the church as a whole. And it helps you move forward in your faith. The other arm of that, that cross is fellowship. And we've already kind of touched on that. Building those relationships with other believers. We need that if we're going to grow in our spiritual walk. I would encourage you, if you're not a part of a small group, uh, to look for one to get, get plugged into. We've got several. We've got a men's group. We've got a women's group. We've got a prayer group. We've got a Bible study group. We've got uh, the Acts 29 group that's kind of combining Bible study with doing service projects. we have any others? Am I missing any? Okay. But, but that's several, and probably in 2021, we may start another one or two. Um, we just want... We want Everybody to have opportunities and time slots or, or whatever doesn't work for you. We want to have that available for everyone. And so we're continually looking at how we can grow that so that people can more easily get, uh, get plugged in. All right, we're going to look at, at three things here. And really, this is kind of a uh, here's the 10% out of the whole year. This is the 10% that we want you to, to make sure that you hold on to. Of all the stuff we've talked about this year, and we're going to be talking about three things here that are really tools, oddly enough, that help us to grow. And one of them we've already talked about a little bit, and that's truth. The truth helps us grow. When I talk about the truth, I'm talking about the Bible. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, Correcting and training in righteousness. Now let's just let's just break that apart for a minute. All scripture is God breathed. This goes back to what I said earlier. This is God speaking to us. This is not just a, a general book that was written thousands of years ago. This is a, this is God saying, Hey Tommy, I so love the world that I gave my one and only son. So that when you believe in him, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life. And I would encourage you when you read the scripture from time to time, read it like that. Put your name in there. Because that's exactly the way it's intended.
It is God speaking to us. It is God breathed. And I like this breakdown that we find in this verse. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training righteousness. What does that mean? Teaching is showing us where the path is, showing us the path that God wants us to walk. Rebuking is showing us when we get off the path, because we have a tendency to do that. We get off the path, and so there's a rebuke there. There's a discipline there. And then correcting is showing us how to get back on the path. And then the training in righteousness is showing us how to better stay on that path. And so that's what God's Word does for us. It shows us the path, shows us when we get off the path, shows us how to get back on the path, and shows us how to better stay on that path. And that's why God's Word is so important for us as we move forward in faith. You know, I love that, Tommy, and I love what, what uh, John says in his gospel in John 14. He says, uh, Jesus comforted his disciples and he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, be, believe also in me. He, Jesus says, my father's house has many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And he goes, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to play. You know the way to the place that I'm going. So then Thomas says to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And here's what Jesus says. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. Because from now on, you do know him, and you've seen it. Friends, that is the truth. Absolutely. I love that, Joe. Um, and we need that. That's what we need in order to move forward in our faith. We, we've got to have the Word of God in our hearts and in our minds. I love this quote from Rick Warren. He says, The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make us like the Son of God. Moving forward in faith, our goal is to become more like Jesus. That's the whole purpose of it. And the Holy Spirit works in our lives as we read and study His Word to make that happen. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make us like the Son of God. Now, the second thing we're going to look at, and this may seem a little odd, that helps us move forward in our faith is trouble. Trouble. Has anybody experienced any level of trouble this year? <laughs> yeah, we all have, right? Um, it's been all over the news. And this may be the most troublesome year any of us have ever experienced. It has been crazy this year. But you know what is reassuring about God's Word? In Romans 8, 28, it says, For we know that God works for the good of those who love Him, and are called according to his purpose. That in all things, he works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. As long as we love God and we continue to follow his purpose for our lives, everything's going to work out for the good. Doesn't mean that everything is good, okay? This pandemic is not good. It's not a good thing. But there has been a lot of good come out of it. Here in our, in our congregation, we've had people step up and take meals 
to people in and around our communities. Uh, there's, there's people that have um, spent more time with family during this time. They've been able to work on those relationships. We have grown as a church, as I said before. We've had, we've had seven baptisms this year. All those are good things that came out of the pandemic. Matter of fact, sometimes it's almost like we have to have some troubled times in order for good things to happen. I mean, we see this with, with the nation of Israel. If you read through the Old Testament, you'll see where things are going well, they're prosperous, everything is great, and all of a sudden they tend to, to forget about God. I and mean, then all of a sudden, when they forget about God, things become horrible. Things just begin to fall apart. And when they fall apart, they go, wow, we need to turn back to God. Where's God? Where's God? And they start seeking Him. And then after they seek Him, things get better. There's just something about trouble that sometimes we need in order to bring our attention back to God. And let us, let us always rest assured with this promise. And all things will work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. <clears throat> you know, throughout my life, you know, I've had peaks and valleys. And every time things were going really well, something seemed to change. Whether I lost a job or there was a health challenge or I lost a loved one, and all of a sudden, I was down in that battle. But each and every time, by God's grace, he picked me up. And if it was an employment thing, I had a better job. If it was uh, an illness to my wife, she got better. If it was a loss of a loved one, I took solace knowing they had peace. And I think that's in life what happens in life in general. We're not things are not always rosy and so forth. I, I believe that this pandemic was something that God had planned for. And there's a reason for that. And each day that this pandemic continues is a day closer to its end. And I really do believe Tommy talked about some of the blessings between the baptisms and the folks that have stepped up and given to the needy in our community, and the parents and brothers and sisters that have gotten closer with their family because they've had dinners each night. Friends, there is a reason for trouble. You know, Corey Ten Boom once wrote, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. And it's a beautiful thing. Because throughout this pandemic, it's allowed us to move forward in our faith. Amen. So I would just encourage you, whenever you go through troubles, whether it's through a pandemic or a relationship or um, financial situation, whatever the case may be, when you, when you go through those troubles, and we will, we all go through troubles, look at it of a mindset of here's an opportunity to draw closer to God during this time. C.S. Lewis says that God whispers to us in our pleasures. He shouts to us in our pain. 
And what are some of those things that I, that God may shout to us? But in my opinion, I think he says things like, I love you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what your troubles are, no matter what your struggles may be, no matter what agony you may be going through, I am greater than all of those things. Just come to me and I will give you rest. I believe those are some of the things that God shouts to us in the middle of our pain, our agony, and our struggles, and our trouble. And those things can actually draw us closer to God and help us grow in our faith. The last thing we want to talk about this morning, and this may even seem more odd than trouble, but another thing that brings us closer to God, helps us move forward in our faith, are temptations. Temptations, when we're faced with those opportunities to either do what Satan wants us to do or to do what God wants us to do. And they are struggles sometimes. And listen, you will never outgrow temptation. Martin Luther, considered by many to be the father of the Protestant movement, said, uh, said that my temptations have been my masters in divinity. Because it's during those times that he has drawn closer to God. You realize with every temptation, you have an opportunity to do good. An opportunity to do good. And it helps us grow every time we make that decision to do good in the midst of temptation. You will never outgrow temptation. You will never out. Jesus was tempted. Matter of fact, some would suggest that the more you grow, the stronger you are in your faith, the more temptations you're going to face because Satan's going to be working on you. And that may seem discouraging. Why would I want to grow in my faith if that happens? But this is also true, might I add, that as we grow in our faith, we become better equipped to handle those temptations. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. We're all going to fall flat on our face from time to time. And that's why we need other people. But, and when we make the right choices in the midst of those temptations, it helps us to move forward in our faith. Tommy, I couldn't agree with you more. Again, you know, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to all mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. You know, as Tommy said, we're all tempted. We are all sinners. You know, when I was going to seminary and became a minister, uh, some dear friends and mentors said to me, you are going to be attacked more than ever before. And he was right. Because you see, ministers and people, deacons and elders that preach the word and that share the word, those are Satan's targets because they reach other people. I mean, you know, Satan has some of the people that don't believe and, and never will believe in God or, or are worshiping the devil. He's got those folks, but he wants us. He wants those that are, that are here today that love Jesus, that, you know, that have accepted him as a Lord and Savior. And one of the things that, that I've learned, having been tempted a lot in my life, is that the best way 
to overcome temptation is to avoid the situations where I can be tempted. And it's so important. I know if I'm with a group of friends that I used to hang out with as a younger person, that was kind of going to be a bad situation. So I've learned. And the last thing I just want to say is, you know, you've heard the expression that God will never put more on your plate than you can handle. And I don't believe that for a second. I think God always puts more on the plate than we can handle because he doesn't want us to handle it ourselves. He wants us to come to him to put our problems at his, on his feet and put them in his capable hands, knowing that in him we can find peace and that our storms can be calm. Amen, Joe. I love it. I love it. One more thing I want to say about temptation before we before we uh, wrap up. Um, have somebody in your life you can talk to. Guys, I would encourage you to find other guys. Ladies, I would encourage you to find other ladies. Because when we cross over in that, um, even if the intentions are completely pure, Satan has a way of turning a, a pure intention into something dirty and evil. So uh, just be careful and, and, and have somebody that you could talk to that you could share everything with. All your struggles, all your troubles, all the things you're dealing with. Because we need that. We need people to talk. Somebody who's going to love you, not somebody that's going to be, oh, I can't believe you did that. You don't need that junk in your life. You need somebody who's going to be real with you. They will hold you accountable, but they will lovingly hold you accountable. And you hold them accountable because we all need it. It's not a one-sided thing here. We need those people in our lives that we can share everything with, even those things that just go through our, our thoughts, because that's where temptation begins, is in our thoughts. And so have somebody that you could talk, talk with about all of those struggles. I'm not saying that you have to confess to a minister or a priest to be forgiven your sins. Uh, only Jesus can do that, okay? That's a Jesus thing. But we can better face our temptations if we share those struggles and temptations with other people and we let them know what's going on in our lives. Rick Warren says, whatever you can't talk about is already out of control in your life. If you can't talk about it, it is out of control. So don't think, I don't have to say anything about this. I've got this under control. The fact that you don't say anything about that is proof that it's not under control. Share it with somebody, somebody that you love and trust. They, will, they love you. They're going to pray with you, and they're going to help you through those struggles. We can learn a lot from Alcoholics Anonymous because they emphasize strongly to have other people that you could turn to and, and even a specific sponsor that you could call in the middle of the night when you're dealing with that struggle. You know what? As a church, we need the same thing. We need the same thing. Because we all have those temptations and struggles. Hey guys, as we close out here, I just want to I just want to encourage you with the fact that all of this takes time. Alright? It is a process that we go through. Um, very seldom, sometimes it may happen, but very seldom do we see these large leaps in spiritual growth where something happens and boom, you're just you're up here. Uh, that very seldom happens. Typically, it is a slow, gradual process. And 
I read a book several years ago, probably 15 years ago or so, called Messy Spiritualities by uh, Mike Iaconelli. Um, it's a great book. It's a short book. It's easy to read. But it's, it's, it talks about, really talks about how messy spirituality really is. And he talked in there in one chapter about spiritual growth. And he says sometimes we have this concept of spiritual growth. And he uses this graph of the fact that, you know, we start here. And then it's this slow but gradual process as we move up this line. And, then, you know, eventually we get up here. He said he has found that spiritual growth is not like that at all. But spiritual growth is more like this. You start here, you go up a little, you come down. And you go back up, and you may even move backwards. And you'll go up a little bit, and then you do a few circles. And, and, and all of a sudden, you drop way down. And then something happens, and you're way up here. And, then you're, and it's, it's this crazy ride that we're on. It's not this smooth little, it's more like a roller coaster. Okay? But we want to keep moving. We want to keep moving regardless of whether we're up here or we're down here. We want to keep moving forward. And being confident of this, as Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What is that saying? It's saying that God will never give up on you. He's never going to give up on you. No matter what you do, no matter how bad you might mess up, no matter how much you may turn your back on God, he's never going to turn his back on you. God's never going to get to the point where he goes, give up on this one. He's not going to do that. He's crazy about you. It may break his heart when we turn from him and when we mess up and when we sin against him, but it doesn't cause him to give up on us. We must be confident. And notice the word there, it's confident. Not, we can think about this, or there's a good chance that. We must be confident of this, that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we love you. You're such an awesome God. And even that word does not adequately describe your character. God, we thank you that you don't give up on us, that you are there with open arms for us every time we fall, every time we get off the path, every time we even turn our back on you. You are there with open arms to take us back in and embrace us with your love and your compassion and your grace. God, I pray that you help us to help each other as we continue on this journey. Just because we've come to the end of the year doesn't mean that we're going to stop moving forward in faith. God, this is just a launch pad for the rest of our lives as we move forward in faith. I pray that you help us on this journey. It's in Jesus' precious and powerful name that I pray. Amen. Amen.